0: With the Home Collective. We are your hosts, Bill Boladina suriano and Kristen McFeely. It's five o'clock. It's happy hour. What are you ladies drinking today?
1: I am drinking baked pumpkin ale. I know that tomorrow is the start of September and this is very early. However, last weekend, Billy and I were in Adamstown doing some antiquing. So, of course, we stopped by Lancaster Brewing Company, which is one of our favorites on the way home. And I got myself a case of baked pumpkin ale. I am jumping the season a bit, but it is delicious, so that's what I'm drinking.
0: That is so good. I was shocked. I never had it before, and then when we did the fall beer tasting episode last this time, well, it was actually October last year, um, I was shocked by how good that was, because my favorite is the Southern Tier Pumpkin. I think it's Southern Mm -hmm. Tier, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: Southern Southern Tier Tier Pumpkin.
0: and I always was like, nothing can beat that. There's nothing that can come close, and you were like, I just got this, and I was like, holy moly that's amazing so that's right it's so there. Good. it's like a one two i don't know which one but it's like one yeah. two it's right there it's so good but i'm so mad that they put these out so early it's and it's literally august like what is going on why do we got to see pumpkin beer like i'm sweating over here. it's 90 i gotta It just doesn't I, I don't know it just doesn't go but then they force you to go buy it, and i just <laughs> gonna put it in the basement because if I wait till I really want it, I can't even get the ones I want.
1: I know, I know. Well, even worse than that, earlier this afternoon, because I felt like treating myself, we got we got several beers when we were there uh, to bring home. I had one of their winter warmers, which is one of my favorites. That I can't even winter believe
0: it's out. It's 94 out.
1: It's 94. I know, but you know how I like my <laughs> it's stout supporters. Yeah, so yeah, I had a winter warmer earlier 90. today. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, but I can't you can't are straight that, up alone, in fall
0: okay. mode. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, I'm just sick of the heat right now. I like summer, Me too. But I don't like Me this too. fifth heat so wave you're, we're going through.
0: So you're trying to force it. You're By drinking your winter <laughs> and fall stuff now, you're trying to force summer to go away magically. I was doing that myself, but it's not working. At least so <laughs> yeah, hopefully by mid-September we get like some cool weather, man. Just give me like seventy-five. What's why can't we get oh, that? I'll take eighty right now. 70s. I'll take. 80. I'll take anything
1: in the sevens. Anything 70.
0: So Dina is not with us today. She had we just had like a scheduling conflict, but she'll be back next episode. I am drinking a beer, believe it or not, because I just like you am dying to start my fall routine, and I had a bottle of bourbon in my hand before I grabbed this beer and I'm like you know what I just I gotta get out of this this, this hot ass weather so I grabbed this beer uh, it's actually a local brewery for me now since I'm all the way uh-huh. in uh, uh-huh. where am I Cinnamon's in New Jersey As this is actually a brewery from and Double Nickel you know Double Nickel right
1: I actually don't no I don't I don't think I you do don't? I don't Here's know anything about anyway, it. Their- you know me my- <laughs>
0: This is their Belgian. This is their Belgian ale. It is so good.
1: Oh, it's a double Belgian. Wow.
0: Um, It is 8%. So it's yeah. it's up there. It's nice. Yeah. I'm going to crack it now. <laughs> oh,
1: that, that sounds, sounds good. I know.
0: I know. Anyway, <laughs> cheers. Happy, happy hour, cheers. Kristen.
1: Cheers. Happy, happy hour.
0: So what's been going on? How are you?
1: I am good. I'm looking forward to Labor Day weekend. Um, and I'm sick of the heat wave. That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm kind of looking forward to real estate getting a little busy again. I mean, I've, I've been a little slow. Um, I've been doing like a lot of prep, like a lot of meeting people and getting ready for the fall, but not actually launching anything because everybody kind of wants to wait till after Labor Day to do stuff. So, um, I feel like I'm just kind of ready to actually do it now. You know, that's that's my no, I know, vibe I'm in the right same
0: now. boat, same yeah. boat. Um, it's just it, it feels like things have definitely, you know, cooled from that crazy seller market into here in the city. So this summer, well, July and August actually really felt kind of like 2018 and 2019 for, mm-hmm. for me. Kind of you know like what
1: a I mean? normal market when it is slow.
0: Yeah, normal a normal market. So like, yeah. a lot of realtors would even just take off in August. You know what I mean? Like oh, we yeah. were just like, yeah, eh, we're just gonna take off, or at least that's when you took your your vacation. Um. So yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm lining stuff up. I got clients calling me. I said, not now. Just just might as well just wait. <laughs> might as well wait. Yeah. Well, sellers anyway. So Kristen, what do we have coming up on this episode?
1: Well, coming up next, we have Madeline Dobbs. She's an agent with Compass, and uh, she is licensed in both Pennsylvania and Delaware. She does like Southern Chester County and then Delaware. We have, as a team, referred business to her. She's referred business to us. She's kind of like a little – she's like our Delaware – Philly Home Collective team member, I would say, at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. We love her. She's really interesting. She's got a book coming out, so we can't wait to talk to her and hear hear all about it.
0: Coming up next is Madeline Dobbs. (laughs) Joining us now is real estate agent Madeline Dobbs. She is an agent with Compass. She's licensed in PA and Delaware, and she's helped us out with many a client- looking for homes on that PA-Delaware border. She's a friend of ours. We are excited to have her here. Madeline, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I love listening to your podcast. I love it.
0: So you're the one.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Phil and I were chatting. uh, Well,
1: I guess, first of all, we always like to start with this. Um, because it is the happy hour with the home collective. Um, Are you having anything for happy hour? I know you're not a big drinker and that's totally fine if you're not, but are you doing anything for happy hour?
2: Well, I have to tell you that since I started listening to your podcast, which I really adore, I said, I have to start practicing my drinking.
0: Oh man, bad influence.
2: Oh no, (laughs) for bad influences. I think maybe you are the influence that I've been waiting for my whole adult life because as an Irish person, I, it's assumed that I should be able to drink and forever in a day, I just never got the ha- you know, the hang of it. So I did practice. And so my husband gave me a glass of Prosecco oh, tonight.
0: Nice. Oh, no. Love <laughs> um, it.
2: I would loosen up and I'd have something to share. But believe me, we obsessed over what to drink and that's the best we could do.
0: Oh, Prosecco is great. That's a great one. I'm so glad Madeline's here um, and... Kristen, you got a pretty good story on how you actually met Madeline because it wasn't actually through Compass.
1: No, no, it wasn't. So, so my mom, so <laughs> my mom takes classes. She's she's long retired, and she takes these classes. They're adult learning classes at Immaculata University. She is an academic, a born academic, and she literally will take a class on anything. Um, she has taken classes on World War II. She is taking classes on uh, film, uh, musicals. And she ended up taking this class. She was so excited to tell me that she was taking, she signed up for a class called How to How to Sell a House in 30 Days. Is that what it is, Madeline? Yes. How to Sell a House in so, And Madeline was the teacher. So my mom was so impressed with her that right after the class, she was like, you have to meet this you have to meet this woman. She's so sharp. She's so, she's just so energetic. She's so great. And, um, then lo and behold, I don't know. Did my mom give me, this is like, it's like a weird (laughs) date setup, Right. So I don't know if my mom gave me your number or if you had my, anyway, Madeline decides after, after our team had joined compass, she was, uh, I guess recruited by compass and, um, reached out to me and she's like, you may not know me, but I actually had your mom in class. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've heard so much about you. This is great. So we had this wonderful conversation. I remember we were actually, Bill, we had our office at the WeWork at that time. And I was in one of those little phone booths talking to Madeline for the first time. I remember that call. Um, And so, yeah, we just connected right away. And I, I told my mom, you're absolutely right. She is a gem. She's amazing. So our team, the Philly Home Collective, has we've passed back and forth a number of referrals at this point because we are not we don't have anyone on the team licensed in Delaware. And although I grew up in in Chester County in Downingtown, um, I don't really serve that area. Um, so Madeline is great in in Chester County, Lower Chester County, and Delaware. And it, she's she's like a like a member of the team at this point, really. So really cool. Hiring drinking cousin. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's got to pick up her drinking game, but we're working on it.
1: We're working on her. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I remember when I met your mother, I had just signed on um, and I was the founding agent of Delaware and nobody really knew what Compass, anything about Compass. So I started my class by telling everybody that I'm a real estate agent, you know, blah, 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 telling them my background and my credentials. And somebody asked, what company do you work for? And I said, I work for Compass. I said, it's a new company. You may not have heard about it, but they're new to the area. And then this woman in the front that kind of raises her hand and says, I know Compass.
1: (laughs) And you know she's in the front row. Oh, my God. She's so so embarrassing. She is so embarrassing.
2: She's not. She was the first person that I knew that recognized Compass before it became a household name in our area.
1: That was so funny. That's that's hilarious. I can just see her sitting in the front row with her hand in the air, you know. Oh, gosh. So embarrassing. But um, another funny, weird connection. I was working with past clients to sell their home in Fishtown. Um, when I met with them, they were planning to move to New Jersey. And they just were out of luck. Everything that they tried to offer on went under contract. They didn't get anything. And the next thing I know, and so we were holding off on listing their home because obviously they needed a place to move to. And the next thing I know, they call me and they said, okay, I think we're ready to list because we're under contract in Delaware. And I was like, Delaware, you never, you never talked about moving to Delaware. And I said, well, I actually have a great agent down there. And they were like, oh, we are, we have someone. We're, we're good, but we're under contract. Lo and behold, it's Madeline's house they're buying.
0: That is funny. How
1: random and weird is that? And they were telling me all about it. It's really, it's kind of quirky and it's fun and it's so different. And as soon as we saw it, we absolutely fell in love with it. It's like nothing else. And they sent me photos. And I was like, I can't believe it. It's Madeline's house. (laughs) So that was just another funny little coincidence, I guess.
2: All roads lead to Kristen McHale. No, (laughs) No.
1: absolutely not.
0: (laughs) So Madeline, where are you from originally?
2: So, I grew up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So, if you recognize my sort of Philadelphia accent, that's where it's from. Nice. What part of Bucks County? I was born in Trevo's. I shouldn't say that. I, and then um, I lived in Doylestown most recently. I've lived in Doylestown and Naples, Florida, and Wilmington, Delaware. So, if anybody's looking to track me down, there you go.
1: And you yeah. just moved to Westchester.
2: I did. So I just moved to Westchester, which is somewhere in between Delaware and Philadelphia. As far as it's not city-like and it's not the suburbs, but it's this perfect small town in between.
1: I love Westchester. So I grew up in Downingtown, the next town over. So I know Westchester very well, and uh, it's it really is great. It's it's got you know a bit of a college town vibe, but it's but it's also much more. It's much more than that. The parks and the architecture. It's just it's really a great
0: place. All right, Madeline. So how did you wind up getting into real estate?
2: Well, the one thing that I said I would never do after being the daughter of a commercial realtor and a part-time real estate agent was become a real estate agent. I knew for sure that that was not the career for me. And I was in the arts and culture world and I was working in fundraising and marketing. And my boss at the time said to me, he said, you know, you work really hard. You have great connections with all these people I think you would be great in real estate. And my first reaction was, oh, my God, I'm never going to speak to you again. How dare you? say that?"
0: She was scared straight.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh, what would make you think that? Um, So from there, I really had no aspirations. But my husband's an architect, and we were in Lisbon, and we were drinking some vino verde when I was still practicing like I am today. And we thought, wouldn't it be nice to do some development? So we had this romantic idea that I would get my real estate license and that we would do some sort of development, came back to the States, got into a class, you know, one of those night schools for real estate. And I almost thought to myself that I would never be good enough to be a real estate agent because I think I had idealized this industry a little bit. And as I was sitting there throughout the course, it came to me that maybe this would be the opportunity for me to take everything that I did in my professional careers and try something new that was for me and see what would happen. So that's how it happened. So I quit my job and I went in and I quit my job and I said, let's give this a shot and we'll see what happens. Did not know a single soul in Delaware. Not one person. Didn't know a street. My job was more national and international, so I traveled all the time. So talk about if I can make it, anyone can make it.
1: <laughs> I love that story. That's a good one. So have you and your husband done any
2: development at all? Not enough. We did. We're in. Uh, we've done a couple of personal projects, but I think when I first got into it, my immediate re- approach was to to look at other agents that were in the office and see what they were doing, so I could figure out if I could do anything that was different or offer something that wasn't already available to consumers. And then the agents kind of grabbed me and were like, can you help me with this listing? It's been sitting on the market forever. And I hear you're the new marketing person. So can you give me a hand? And then I got so wrapped up in trying to figure out this guest experience that a buyer goes through that I just had no time for the development. So I would go to these properties where oftentimes the agents had you know, they, they had some challenges in trying to figure out what it was about the house that wasn't attracting a buyer. And what I learned from just really getting in there and thinking about it was that there is a, there is a process that a buyer goes through when buying a house, as you know. And there are some people that believe that you have to have somewhat of an emotional connection when you go into the house. Mm-hmm. Do you guys believe uh, that? Absolutely. Witness that? Absolutely.
0: I think most buyers, you know, they go by feel. You know, it's like when we walk in, they feel that this is the one mm-hmm. or they just feel sometimes you can't pinpoint, you know, why that is, or it works in reverse too. When you know, it's not the one, you know, you'll see them standing there shaking their heads like, mm, mm, doesn't feel right. So a lot, a lot of it's feel.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. So what I observed just from my previous career was that there's a way that you can enhance that feeling that you can, you know, create the opportunities where these feelings hit to capture some of the things that they might not even know that they might not even know that they want. So it was more just like me challenging myself to figure things out. And um, can I tell you a quick story about the first house? Yeah,
1: yeah, please.
2: So this, I was introduced, this agent told me that he had a property that was for sale and that just couldn't figure out what was going on. Could I go down there and take a look and see if I could figure out what we needed to do to sell the house. So I go down there, there's this lovely woman. She is so lovely. She's like 72 years old. And she, she's near crying, telling me that nobody likes her house. Saying to her, I won't say her name, but Well, that's really not true that nobody likes your house. We just haven't found a way to identify the person that would love your house. So she had so much stuff in her house. You know, it was really hard to kind of even maneuver around the furniture. But I told her, here's some of the things that we could do to increase opportunities that you would get from buyers. And I said, but you're going to need to do some things. And she said, well, I have a deposit on my condo. She said, so tell me what to do and I'll do it. Okay. One of the things that she had was a very big dining room set and the house was not as big as the dining room set, <laughs> generally speaking. I said, are you planning to take this to your condominium? And she said, well, probably not. Obviously she's not going to be able to fit it there. So I said, well, I think that we should do all the things that you guys know that we should do. And I said, I'll come back in a week. You, she said, I'm going to talk to an antique appraiser. I'm going to think about it. I Go back a week later. She said, hi, come on in. I went in and the house was near naked. Everything was gone and I was like oh my god I was like holy shit I'm like well, where did everything go you told me you, you told me to get rid of everything <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah now we have the reverse problem now we
2: have an empty house yeah, yeah.
0: which
2: is just as bad <laughs> Yeah, Just like a good real estate agent would do, I went home and started emptying out my house and recruiting my husband and said, that development's not going to happen right now, but can we start moving our furniture to this house in Newark really quick? Because this woman is desperate to get her house on the market. So we do that. We bring everything in. She comes back in and she invites some of her neighbors to come over and take a look at the new house. I mean, that house was the type that had those curtains from 30 years ago, you know, that have the little hooks yeah. oh, and yeah. needles, taking them down. And um, her friends kept saying how nice it was. So we go get ready to go in the market. And she calls me and she says, Madeline, I need to talk to you for a second. I said, what's happening? And she said, you know, I think I've changed my mind. I think I'm going to stay for a while and sh- and try it out. I was like, oh, yeah. She said, so can I buy all this stuff that you have here? Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, You know, happy to help you furnish your house we can do whatever you want you know but some of this stuff is like half of my living room and you know whatever else so i sold her whatever was new that we had purchased for the house and then she said i have always wanted to do something she said she told me about her life and she said and one thing that's always been on my wish list was i always wanted a white sofa or white couch and she said would you go with me to buy it Aww. and so So we went shopping to like a Raymore and Flanagan type place. And she sat on the sofa and she said, I just don't know. I'm so nervous about having a white sofa. And I said, well, if not now, when? What are you nervous about? You know, at age 72, get the white sofa. So she said, "Okay." She said, I promise you this is temporary. I'm just going to stay here for a little bit. And here we are five years later. You know, oh, it. I love Isn't it! Isn't it
0: funny how our paths, our paths, sometimes just don't end up where we think they're going to go in this business? You know, you go there, yep. you think you're going to sell the property. Next thing you know, you're selling furniture. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> you know, it's just. I mean, this this is not out of the ordinary. I mean, it's a great story, but like we've all have something like this where we thought we were going, you know, left, and all of a sudden we're we're going right.
1: And I love. We should title that story "Get the White Sofa." <laughs> So you were taking that course, or you were teaching that course, I should say, um, on how to sell a house in 30 days. And now you are writing a book. So tell us about this. I'm so excited to hear about this.
2: So how to sell a house in 30 days was just kind of tongue in cheek. I was thinking about how to lose a guy in 10 yeah. days, and I was trying to something that sounded unique. So that's where the title came from. And I actually just took it out and asked homeowners if they were thinking about selling their house. They could come to this course or this talk. And that gave me the opportunity to learn what their pain points were and the things that they were most nervous about. So then I could develop you know, the, the program for them. So I've been teaching this for several years and hundreds of people have come through the class. And now I just thought it would be time to write the book. And it's not going to be a long book. It's going to be more like a Marie Kondo type of book, but it's going to go through understanding the psychology of a buyer and understanding from a marketer's perspective, why we do things.
1: I love it. I, I will be your first, your first purchase. You'll be my
2: <laughs>
1: I will think, yeah, I'll write the forward. <laughs> no, I will seriously buy this book. I, this is so exciting. It's really, really cool. Cause I've always said like, I love the, um, I love the psychology behind this. Like I never consider myself, Madeline, I think you and I have kind of a similar background in that like I kind of come from like art and design background as well. And and I just, um, I never wanted to be like a quote unquote salesperson. Like I used to hate when people say, oh, you're in sales. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I used to hate, like it was a dirty word. I hated that. Um, I don't mind saying it now, honestly, because I think that what we do is, I think what we do is important. I'm not going to, you know, go into a million details about it, but I do think that we do important work when we do good work for people, and we do um, we help people in transitions of their lives. And I don't mind I don't mind being called a salesperson because I think in only in order to sell, you have to be a good marketer, and so so I'm okay with that now because I, I like the marketing part of it. Um, but yeah, so I I love the psychology behind why people make a purchase, why people think of moving, why, you know, what people think when they walk through a door. That's how kind of I, I really started my staging business was, you know, making that emotional connection with someone they when they walk through the door, which a vacant home won't do. Um, so I will line up. Will this be on Amazon? I will line up to get this book when it comes out. I'm really excited that. for it.
2: Well, I think, you know, my thought behind it was, and one thing that you should probably know is that I never ask anyone to hire me. I never say this is the way, you know, that you should do it. I'm the best. I don't like any of the awards or any Mm -hmm. other stuff. It's just not my personality. But it's more just elevating the industry and demystifying this process, especially for people that have been in their home for 25 years or more.
1: So you work with a lot of the sellers that are like downsizing. They've been in their homes for a really long time and they're kind of downsizing. I tend to work with more, I think most of us on the, on our team, Tend to work with a lot of like first-time home sellers, sometimes second-time home sellers. Um, but you you do a lot of of people who are who have really been in their home, raised their families, you know, and everything, and now they're they're making this huge huge move.
2: Certainly the people that come to this class, and occasionally I will work with some of them. They fall into that demographic. It's not the only client that I work with, but it is someone that is attracted to education, like your mother arts and culture. And so they're the person that comes because they are seeking information before they make a decision. And that's where it's absolutely true. And we start out every talk or class by asking everyone to stand up. And then we have a little contest to see who's been in their house the longest. So we start out with 10 years, 20, and then we go up by five. And can you guess what the longest or what the person who wins that gets to stand the longest, how long they've been in their house? What do you guys think?
1: 30. My mom's been longer than 30. I I don't know. 60?
2: Yeah, sometimes. 50 and 60 years they've lived Yeah, from-
1: cuz these are these are older adults that are taking this class. These are my mom's in her 70s. I mean I mean I'm 40 I'm I'm in my late 40s and I was 47. born in the house. So my mom's my parents have been in, you know, my mom's been there for almost 50 years. So I imagine some people older than her have been there for 60.
2: Yeah. It's not just for older people or anything like that. I've you know, I've taught it in other formats, but on average, the person that takes the class has been in their home for about 26 years. So Interesting. think about that, Bill. The
0: average. Think about that. Okay. What did it yeah.
2: look like 26 years ago? Not at all like it looks today when you're selling your house.
0: Man, I got a question about the book. Would you say that you think that, does it help um, a seller kind of look at the process through a buyer's eyes a little bit? Do you find that helpful? Because I, when I either either way, when I'm working with buyers or sellers, I'm always there's always a point where I'm like, oh, you know, if especially like if I have a client that's maybe a little bit unrealistic, it's always like, well, look at it from this way, and it's just funny that when you have clients that are sellers or clients that are mm-hmm. buyers, how it's a lot of time it's that one track mindset.
2: What you said is very relevant, and the way that I explain that. Is I say that I am not going to teach you to be a great seller. What I am going to teach you is how to have empathy for a buyer.
0: It's hard for people to do. It's hard. You know, it's hard for a seller to like put a buyer hat on and try to see their house for the first time or walk it for the first time and say, and a lot of times sellers, they think that there's these certain features that because they love, everybody else will love. And it's kind of, that's a tricky yeah, you know, uh, road to navigate sometimes to try to be like, hmm, most buyers aren't really going to care about this over here, not this over here.
2: Well, the way that I approach that is I start out by talking about trends, fads, and megatrends, right? We break it down. So we're really approaching this from a logical perspective. A fad is something that comes in and out very quickly, sometimes about five years and a trend is something that'll be around probably for at least 10 years. And then a mega trend is something that we don't see ever going away. So when you explain this to a homeowner that is about to sell, we try to figure out, well, right now, if you're planning to sell, let's talk about everything that's trending for buyers. And let's see how many of these things we already have and where we need to go from there. What does, a buyer, what does every buyer want? Number one, natural light, tons of light. Do they not say that?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: That's what you want, right? There's a mental health capa- you know, feeling to that. And then we break it down to everything else from what we see in HGTV and in magazines and everybody wants hardwood floors, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. And then after we figure out how many of those you already have, then we have to be logical about how many more do we need to get you the best offer?
1: I like that. Do you remember your very first real estate transaction?
2: Yes, that was hell. How many curse words can I say before I get pleased? <laughs>
0: Go you for it. You can say as many
1: as you Go want. Go for it. Here.
2: <laughs> Nobody's beeping. Nobody told me anything. So I, there was a call that came into our office and they said, we'll take a new agent because we are not sure what we want. So somebody said, there's a client that's willing to take you. Don't even know them. So they take me to all different parts of Delaware, which i had been curious about anyway, since I didn't know the state. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing we did and the second house we went into we went out back to look at the backyard and I left the keys on the washing the washer the dryer. I left them on the dryer. And we went <laughs> out back and, and I realized we were all locked out and my handbag with my car keys were in there and
0: first the showing
2: dryer, Oh my dryer, god. The clients Called this name on the sign and said, "I accidentally left the keys in here. Would you please come and rescue us?" And or is there a second set here?
1: Oh my oh, gosh! I got
2: berated left and right, being told that was only set of keys to the house, and that I better call a locksmith. So I started out sixty dollars <laughs> in the hole.
0: And then oh, what a slap God. in the face! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've oh,
1: definitely yeah. done that yeah. though.
2: You should tell them. I have oh, definitely, definitely done that. I that. Yeah, that key. How yeah. do we know, right? But they ended up buying the house, and it was actually really funny because, again, not knowing what I didn't know, I asked the agent on the other side that was a listing agent, could they move in a little bit early because their house was selling in New Jersey? The agent said, let me check, came back, and he said, okay, you can move in a week early. Well, then they got denied their mortgage.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, that's cool.
2: yeah, the end. The end. <laughs>
0: That is a rough start. That's that's so funny. Um, so we have some uh, pseudo rapid fire questions, Madeline. If you're game, gritty or the Philly fanatic,
2: gritty. What was your first job ever? My first job was in a donut shop.
0: Cheesesteak or hoagie?
2: Either one, if it's vegan.
0: It's we have. A, I think it's our first vegan guest. I think, as far as I, I know,
2: think probably this might be our first vegan mm-hmm. guest.
0: Groundbreaker. Madeline, if you were coming in from out of town and you had one day to spend in Westchester, how would you do that?
2: Westchester is an amazing small town. I would probably start out with one of the coffee shops. I would get in there and get a vibe for what the town feels like because you'll see a lot of locals. Then I would probably walk around town, check out some of the boutiques. Some are actually kind of fun. We have a doggy bakery and ice cream bar that's going to open up and it's a very dog-friendly town, so I would say bring your dog. Um, I would go through the parks, and it, the architecture is amazing. And then I would probably find a great place to go to lunch. There are rooftop restaurants. There are every kind of food you, you'd want. And I would probably end with one of the Italian gelato places that are so amazing. So we have two of them, and they'd have to pick. So I guess that's like your... your. um cheesesteak dilemma between what what are the two in philly
0: <laughs> pats and Ginos. yeah
2: pats Gino's? Well, here it's Desenzios and um gemelli oh, they're both authentic so so good
0: that's a good ending that's
2: probably what i do you know
1: yeah that's a good day that's a really good day i like that madeline what is your go-to karaoke song
2: so many just give me more. <laughs> really? Are you a karaoke person? I'm totally joking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that's. I was amazing. like, uh. <laughs> no, I mean, if there's nothing to sing, then I'm pretending and making up songs for my cats. But I would say something like "I will survive," or that's probably the one for me. Or more, and more, more. That's more. a good one. My favorite ones.
0: Yeah, it gets the people going. Yeah, that's All a right. good one, Madeline. If anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to contact you?
2: find me on Instagram at more Madeline Dobbs
1: you are fantastic at social media your Instagram is so good your your stories and your reels I mean really so good I have to stop every time I always have my phone on silent and when you come up I always have to let the sound play um, you your stuff is so so good and and really um, authentically you and funny and I love it
2: it's not easy to do as you know it's really hard but why
0: not? Give it a shot. Madeline, thank you so much for coming on the show. Finally, we really appreciate it. You're going to keep us updated on your book and when it's released so we can uh, talk about that and obviously purchase it. So we hope you come back soon, though. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much, Madeline. All right. In Dina's absence, I've decided to take on her Dina's downloads, and I have two. But don't, don't, uh, you know, give me a little slack here because this is not what I normally it. do, and I had to do this on the sly.
0: This is judge free zone. So,
1: so both of these, both of these that I found, I think are interesting, and they both have to do with Delco, and we've been doing so much talking about you know the suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, so I thought these were interesting. The first one is. In a rare win, this is the this is the title of the article. In a rare win for drivers, numerous Delco parking meters think pennies are quarters.
0: Ooh, I like that. So there
1: are lots of parking meters. throughout Delco, where they are accepting pennies as quarters. And sweet. I wish that happened in Philly. That's for sure. Yeah, we
0: need, that, we need that. We need that in Center City. To park. Where a yeah. quarter gets you three minutes.
1: Yes. Yeah. So this is really funny. It's in Upper Derby. Um, It said, no one is quite sure when, but estimates based on evidence peg the date to the middle of 2021 that some Upper Derby parking meters accepted pennies in place of quarters. (laughs) And then word of this started spreading among Upper Derby residents at backyard barbecues and regulars at the local taverns passed the tip around and all of a sudden everybody's using pennies to pay for parking which i just think is hilarious and great and of course they still take quarters as well but you can use pennies
0: <laughs> took them over a year to to uh solve this caper when they seen all the pennies in there
1: i yeah, i guess that's how they found out uh, i guess out. i
0: guess the meter was just jumping i don't know
1: that's i don't know though. i don't know it's really funny I like though. It. um i like it too except do you carry pennies I don't think I have. I don't even like have pennies. No, but I mean, I don't even know where I have pennies.
0: I've seen a penny. It's just been a while. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I haven't really seen pennies for a while.
0: They're there. They're out
1: there. I know that people have, like John McCain, tried to abolish them um, several times, (laughs) which is a strange thing. But anyway, so that one I thought was kind of interesting. And then another thing uh, happening in Delco. Have you heard of Delco Land? No. It just opened. No. And it's a, it is a county-themed mini golf course. And it's the okay. brainchild of Delco Steaks owners Nick Reynolds and John McKenzie. And it's a miniature golf course. And isn't she, so Sheena had her Delco days. And didn't, wasn't she a huge fan of that Charlie's Hamburgers place?
0: Oh, my God. Her and her dad, they act like Charlie's invented hamburgers i know i went I know. there and it was like it. <laughs> I know, <dude>. I, they <laughs> love charlie's i don't know if they're still there i think they are no She's i don't well
1: me. i don't know that they are because i think this is at that location i'm pretty sure don't quote me again i'm on the fly here
0: right but i mean there was they moved from their original location at some point and they went to oh, like gotcha. this. they were at this like hut I don't know where I don't know Delco that well, and then they move to like almost like a shopping center. I've been to the shopping center version. Sheena drugged me there, of course, with her and her dad. And I order a burger. My father-in-law is gonna be pissed right now, but he's like (laughs) orders four burgers. I was like, these are hamburgers we're talking about, right? You are asking me like how many do I want? I eat one hamburger, and they were laughing. They were like, ah, this guy he ordered one burger. I am like, yeah. How many you? Are they like white
1: castle size or are they regular size burgers? I,
0: they're th- no, they're they're not regular size burgers. I think they're the size of <laughs> they're the size of like a McDonald's cheeseburger, you know, or a hamburger. Yeah. Not not okay. a big mac. You know what I mean? Like just you got to maybe send out a search party to find the meat. Nah, I'm mean, just that's yeah. maybe exaggerating, but you know what I'm saying. They're 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 yeah. like, you know, small skinnier the small burgers burgers. it's not yeah yeah it's not a big ass you know whopper
1: yeah 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 well i think it must be the original location because judging from these photos it kind of looks like it's in like a field with like a little hut so maybe it's the original the original location but anyway it's a it's a mini golf golf course yes Mm -hmm. Yeah. What so.
0: What are some of it? Like, so instead of like a windmill, they have like what? A Wawa sign or something? Like what, what, what do they have? They probably
1: have? do. Their logo is really cool. Um, I'm just scrolling through the photos here. Yeah, it's got all different things. Oh, I see. So it's like each sign is um, different places. So like here's one for Folsom. And it says first Wawa. It's got um, a couple different things that are like, you know, Folsom, I guess, related. There's one for Clifton. Like, I'm seeing the signs here. This is really cool. Upper Derby. I'm looking at the one. It's got the tower, um, you know, the tower Delco music Stakes.
0: Uh, yeah, so, okay. I can pull up the cute. website. It's That's really cool. cute. I, I, like a, I like a mini golf anyway. You know I, do I, mean? too, nice actually, I do, too, It's nice to get out and walk around, you know.
1: Yeah, I like it. So, anyway, those are my two Delco downloads um, on All the right. fly. Since we are speaking of the burbs, Bill, do we have any more burb okay. observations now that you've been in New Jersey Burr. for what? Three weeks, four weeks? No, it's One been month.
0: now. Believe it, or not, almost almost two months. Almost <laughs> two know, months. Dude, it's crazy. I know. Uh, well, let me see. I don't really have much right now. I ha- I could tell you, I haven't met any uh, Nikki, Vinnie, or Tonys yet <laughs> out here. <laughs>
1: Well, they usually move from South Philly to South Jersey, so I'm surprised. Well,
0: yeah, but I think that's Township. I think they go Washington Township. To township. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, over here I've met uh, some Todd, Kyle, and Tuckers. Uh, no um, no, Maria's or Conchetta, I could tell you that. I haven't yeah. met any concettas out right here, but I have met some Barbaras and some Debras. All nice people, super nice. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Of what the area is yep. like. Um, super cool. And uh, the only. I got one. All right. So, sanitation. This is. Here's something I noticed. The sanitation department's it's way different here than Philly. So, I in hope Philly, so. <laughs> you know, Philly, when you put out your <laughs> trash, you know, you have a trash truck, right? Comes around. And so you have a driver at a trash truck. And then the, usually you have men. Usually you have men men walking alongside of the trash truck, right? And they, you know, they walk around, they walk behind the truck, and then they they see the trash can, they go over, pick up your trash can, and they heave it in the air, and it sometimes lands in the back of the trash truck, sometimes capturing all the garbage. And then, you know, they yell things, you know, for the driver to stop. You know, you'll hear, like, Oh! You know, so, something like that and then the driver stops and then after they empty out like you know a few cans you hear like Bip! like yeah, they have their own language and then and then the trash truck drives again and then you know they breeze on through and then the next morning when you wake up it's almost like an easter egg hunt like you're not sure where your can is you might you just have, it's like a hunt every every week's an adventure <laughs> so you go out you try your can's not in front of your house where is it oh, let me see if it's next door to just see if joe's got my can Joe don't have the can. All right, let me walk across the street and see if the other Joe's got your can. He don't have (laughs) your can. So, so, you know, it might take you a few minutes. It's an adventure. They keep you on your toes there. So uh, here you just have one enormous truck. It's huge. It's probably the size of two or three of the Philly trash trucks. So you put your trash can out front. And you have to face it a certain way. There's like these metal bars on the mm-hmm. front of your can. And then, this, and then this trash truck comes by himself. The driver, he's by himself. He don't have people walking alongside like the mumbers, like walking alongside a float down Broad Street. <laughs> you just have the driver and a truck. And he handles the whole thing himself. And what happens is these arms, he pulls up alongside of your can. These arms come out, hook the can in the air, up to the top and turn this your trash can upside down and it shakes all the trash out and then they put your can back almost identically where you left it. So if I went out there in the morning, I did a chalk outline around my can, it would almost be in the same spot when the driver left.
1: That's great.
0: It's nowhere near as adventurous. You know what I mean? I, I know it's kind of boring. I go, oh, there's my can. As soon as I get to my door, oh, there's my can. There's no looking for the can to keep you on your toes on a Wednesday morning at 7. But uh, it, it's different. That's, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying that's my observation. <laughs>
1: Love it. You're probably also not outside sweeping up all the trash that didn't land in the truck. No trash. No trash
0: makes it to the street. <laughs>
1: Trash goes in know. the truck. Right. I'm not
0: sure what to do with all this yeah. extra free time I got, but I'll figure <laughs> it out. I love it. All right, Kristen, we have to get out of here. Shout out to Madeline Dobbs for coming on. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Let us know when that book's coming out. We will be the first ones to get it. Thanks,
1: Madeline. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. All right, Bill. Have a great weekend. And, uh, have
0: a great weekend. Catch
1: up with Dina next week.
0: Let's get out of here. Bye. So coming up on the episode in the next segment, we have our good friend, Madeline Dobbs. She's an agent with Compass in PA and New Jersey. and no, Delaware. Delaware. PA and New Jersey. That's me. Never Delaware. mind. I am PA <laughs> that Jersey. would be okay. you. <laughs> right. That's me.
1: All that's right. for the blooper reel.